is hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live. We're on Radio Row at the LA Convention Center. Right next to the new Crypto Arena, which used to be the old Staples Center and in the uh, L.A. Live area down here in downtown Los Angeles, getting you ready for Super Bowl 56. Super Bowl 56 between the Rams hosting, uh, well, not the home team, but hosting this, and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who just arrived yesterday. They are set up at uh, the hotel location, and uh, we hope to at some point get some of the guys uh, from the uh, the Cincinnati uh, group over here. Uh, we're going to talk with some of the uh, Rams, hopefully the Rams writer. we got a couple of them that were wandering around here yesterday. want to get them on the show, too. Talk a little bit about the matchup coming up. Uh, now, sitting down, sitting at our table, good guy. Uh, our buddy uh, A.J. Hawk uh, he sits down with us. A.J., how you been, man? Good. I've been, been, been good. I'm here with uh, little Pat McAfee show and everybody. And- <laughs> Been been doing that for for the last couple of years, so it's yeah. The little Pat Mackey, I want to tell you something. Uh, yeah, if I was a broadcast student back at UWM Milwaukee, mm-hmm. there would be a chapter on your little Pat McAfee show because uh, how long what how long ago did you do the Hawkcast? Oh, uh, I mean, I started that. I don't. I haven't done much as of late in the last couple of years because I've been doing everything with Pat. Uh, I don't know, maybe twenty, yeah, twenty fourteen, thirteen, four, something around there. But I started see, doing that. It's it's former player. And then moving on, and well, you started doing that where you're still playing, but then you know you are bringing in some of your teammates or guys that you played with, yeah. you know, and connections, and you're starting this thing up on YouTube, and it's starting to grow. And then you hook up with Pat, and we all knew when he was a punter with the Colts, he had that crazy oh, outstanding yeah. personality. Yeah. Yes, and I know that him and Aaron met at some golf tournament or something like that. I mean, Aaron told that story on your show. But you guys come into Radio Row this year for the first time, and you're the hottest show in this sports media industry right now. I <laughs> well, mean, it, I mean, just the setup here is crazy. We, we, came in, we got in last night and came up here, me and Pat and a couple of the guys to see. We, I mean, I had no idea the set was going to be right. like this and everything. But, yeah, I mean, it's been bizarre. It's been awesome and fun. And, yeah, it's not a – it was a – it's worked out beautifully. I'm just glad. I, honestly, it's fun. We have a great yeah. time. We talk about what we watch. We watch – NFL football mainly. I don't watch a whole lot of other, like, NBA basketball or college. Yeah. I don't watch much other than the NFL, and I watch college football. But uh, luckily, that's all we get to talk about. I don't have to act like I'm – I've done other shows where I have to, like, it's almost work to watch certain things right. at different times. Now it's like I love watching NFL football, and that's what we talk about. So, so you, he, you were all football, though, and as a, as a Buckeye, and yep. as a Packer, but and you were always a very cooperative um, – <laughs> understanding and patient. I'll, I'll use the word patient, patient. Okay. With the, us knuckleheads in the locker room after games or after practices and stuff like that. But I'm kind of surprised that you got into the Hawkcast and, and in, into your own broadcasting. I mean, was that always in the back of your mind when you were at Ohio State? No, never. Not until, I don't know, uh, when I, sometime maybe halfway through my career, maybe five, six years in, seven years in, I realized I wanted to try to do something in the media and I never thought I would before that. I never never really crossed my mind. And then I started doing some stuff, and I started enjoying it and having fun and just realized, yeah, I could, I could, this is something I could see myself trying to do. And then I started calling some games when I got done. I love doing games. I didn't, this is the first year I haven't really worked any college games as, like, a color analyst, and I love doing that. But I, don't, I didn't want to travel 14 weeks in a row like it was going to be that way, like four young kids and coaching and doing all this stuff. So I didn't. That's why this thing with Pat has been awesome. I do it from my house in an attic that I 
put drywall up and <laughs> it's a seven and a half foot ceiling. I put drywall and carpet in, have a desk and a computer, and it's just awesome. Like where it's where it's come I, from. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into the business that comes up with the fake books in the background. Yeah. For you guys, yeah. I tell you what, that's, I have multiple fake book dro- uh, backdrops. And it it's, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it works. I'm, I, people have told me you should get something new. I'm like, no, I don't know. It'd feel weird. I don't want to <laughs> feel like I'm selling out if I try to get a new background. You, uh, we were talking on the way over here. You're more recognized now for the podcast with Pat than you probably ever were as a player. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, but in, it's like the the demographic of people that watch the show and listen to the show, like wherever. Yeah, it's just crazy the reach that Pat has and all of his fans, everyone that he's built up over the years. And I think especially since like COVID, once COVID it basically started, I, I I told Pat we were doing little stuff here and there. I was jumping on his show doing stuff, and I remember in March, I guess two years ago, whenever school was shutting down, we were mm-hmm. about to run homeschooling with our kids and everything. I, the Sunday night before, I was like, we should do something. There's no sports going on. We should. Do a show and the next day we started doing McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk and his guys they put it all together and produced it and it was just fun so we're gonna right. just keep doing it and then it's uh yeah it is where it is now and who knows when, we don't know I'm a, we're all just just winging it pretty when much FanDuel too. came calling and said oh by the way here's the deal mm-hmm. did you almost fall over dead thinking I had to go get my brains beat out for years and years and years to look at this kind of money and all of a sudden we're doing a goofy ass oh yeah goofy ass show and <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> why I say it's bizarre it's everything's bizarre how it works out and right like, but. If you actually like being around Pat and being like doing shows with him daily, he's a unique dude. There's no one like him. Like there's no yeah. one out there like him. And, and I always say that. And he's so he's a really good guy. To like that's the, the the start of everything. Like he's not a. There's some people that can maybe I guess fake it and treat right, people right, terrible right. and whatever and still be successful. He's the opposite. Of that treats people awesome, super generous, and also like the most uniquely weirdly talented guy I've ever been around. When it, like he, there's nothing he can't do. It's not getting. He'll never be nervous or anxious about any kind of situation. And very opposite of my personality at certain times. And I think I've sometimes I grab a lot of my friends are that way where they're not at all like. I don't want to hang out with people like me. That'd be pretty boring. No, I hang out with people that are fun and wild. This, and, right? and I, I, it, makes, it makes me laugh. These things work, you know, with the oil and the vinegar. Yeah. And you balance that out. You balance that out. I try, so, yeah. yeah. It's, that's, believe me, that's what it just, it's the most fun that I get to have doing anything in the media world. And it's so, like, engaging. Like, we get, although we're messing around the majority of the time, we're still serious about football and love right. watching football and talking about it and, Aaron has obviously been a gigantic help coming on every Tuesday for the last two seasons. You want to lead into that. That's the topic. Everybody's just kind of waiting. So are you just waiting for the phone to ring to say, okay, I'm ready to come back? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, he's, I was texting him earlier because he's out here. I don't know if I'll see him or not when he's out here. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I've said before. Because everybody around here yesterday was holding their breath thinking that he might show up today. Oh, really? To make an announcement. Oh, no. Um I guess we never even we never even thought of that having him come out here. Um, no, I don't know if he's I don't I don't know if he'd do anything any kind of announcement now. I don't know what his time frame is like. Right, I know right. I know anything he's doing. It's he wants to help make sure the Packers know what he's going to do. He wants like guys like Devontae and other people. Like he wants to make sure he doesn't mess up anything that they're trying to do with extensions or deals or whatever's going right. on. So I don't know when that time may be, but I would imagine. It's not going to be too long. Do you now. read the rumors and kind of just go, "What the?" Oh, I get them. They, people send them to me. Pat yeah. usually sends me rumors. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not as dialed in with everything, but he usually sends me stuff. That house them. in Nashville is going to be a big one. Yeah, I guess. yeah. and I'm like, yeah, okay, like everything that is sent. I, then it says inside sources, and there's like there'll be four or five things that I know are false inside of the store of what they're trying to report. I'm like, so 
it's just you know Aaron's the superstar. He's everything he does is gets you know massive attention. So yeah. what what he said on your show? How much of this is for him waiting to find out what Green Bay is going to do? And they, he knew that changes would happen. And here, you know, Nathaniel gets hired, mm-hmm. right? And and other changes, you know, some coaches have come and gone and got a new special teams guy coming on, those kinds of things. Sasha, that was a big hire. People yeah. are excited. Yeah, yeah very, excited, really, yeah. very excited. And then the other thing is that the team has to come up with a plan. Like, how can – if I do come back, is Devontae going to be there? And of those 13 unrestricted, you know, at least eight or nine of them, can you bring those guys back? I mean, yeah. that's that's got – is that part of his decision? I'm sure think? it is. Yeah, and I think it. Uh, who was it? Ian Rapport, I think, said on our show, like he thought it was a good sign that Aaron stayed in town for a little bit and talked to the coaches and front office or whatever he did. And I would imagine they would probably lay out their plan of what they're going to do and hey, this is how we can keep people or do whatever. It's, I don't know how you work out contract situations, especially with Aaron. Like whatever you do with him, you want to have Devonte around and, and plenty of other guys too. So I assume they have some. They told him laid out the plan of what it looks like. And I guess it's up to him. I don't, I don't know. He just, he's too good. Like I've said from the beginning, he doesn't tell me whether he's going to retire or not. I just, I tell him you're not retiring. I'm like, there's no way you're too good. You're too competitive. You're probably going to win the MVP. Like how do you just walk away? Let and me, let me ask, might, though. Let me ask you this. When you talked about what Aaron and the contract and such, he went on that diatribe at the beginning of, of camp mm-hmm. and basically the airing of the grievances. Yeah. And one of the things that caught my ear at the time was because Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, they always talked and make you know go all the way going back to 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 the beginning, said we want to make him the highest paid quarterback, and then he said it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. So my question is, would it ever work? Because we know what his salary number is. Okay, and everybody knows it. So would it ever work to go to Aaron and say, Aaron, you know we always compare things to Brady. Can you take a pay cut to be able to keep these guys? Does that work? Tell, tell me. Yeah, I didn't think about that. See, because see, because if you go to him as a man and just say, "Look, you you want to be a you want a voice. Yeah. Here's here's a checkbook. Here's what you take, what you want, mm-hmm. and then the rest is left over for the guys like AJ Hawk and everybody else yeah. to be able to spend." And, but how do you approach that subject, knowing what we know in the salary cap world? I mean, that'd be a tough. Would you want to walk in as a GM or? president and have that conversation i, I don't know you, you could though if, i'm sure if you and i had it, a great actually. relationship yeah. and you were making 46 million dollars a year i'd come in and say aj yeah here's what it is i want to put a great team around you mm-hmm. you tell me i what think to he do. and goody have talked he's talked about he and goody have a good relationship yeah and communicated well throughout the year and everything so if that's something that they would have to do i'm i'm sure they wouldn't be scared to, to have that conversation i don't i it's, it's interesting i never really thought about that part of it because it used to be you know it was always the respect Respect yeah. equaled money. Yeah. He doesn't need respect. What he yeah. needs is legacy. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, if I'm, no, if I'm right. down the wrong path, you he wants tell to me. win. He wants to win another Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm, I mean, well, I wonder if they do that. I don't know. That's, I had a conversation with him years ago, and he had said to me at the time, and it was, you know, everybody was talking about how Mike McCarthy created him, and then he was kind of like, no, I'm pretty damn good quarterback. You know, Aaron. Yeah. And I said, what is your goal? And he said, I want to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever play in Green Bay. Okay. Okay. Now, we know in the Super Bowl era, you got to get at least two because that's what Starr has. Yeah. you got to get back to another one because that's what Favre has. He's already done everything record-wise. We know he's, to under center, technically, he's the best quarterback to ever play the game. Okay? We all can agree. For him, does he think about that, the legacy portion of it, or do you think it's just about it doesn't matter where I win, I just want to win? I mean, I think he would love to. 
I don't know. He's said multiple times he would love to stay with one team his whole career. Right. And I know I know he loves Green Bay and the people and everything. And I'm not asking there. you to speak for him. Just as yeah, somebody I don't, that knows. Believe him. me, I just even though I see him and talk to him a good amount, like I don't grill him on any of like I don't grill him on football stuff. We just try to say, like, all right, where's your head at? What are you doing? And, and I saw him recently, and I came away with like this dude. He seems to be really happy and in a good spot. I feel like obviously disappointing the season, right? But whatever he has going forward, it seems to be like not. I don't know, even like I don't even know football wise. Like just him as a person, he seems yeah. good in a good place and seems happy. And uh, he put a picture out yesterday. He and uh, he was in the sauna working out at his place out. There. So that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good sign, isn't it? He's out yeah. there working out, and we could easily just be hanging out doing nothing for next month or two if right. we wanted to. So I think that's a good sign. But I don't know what he. I don't. I don't think he knows exactly what he wants. That's right. the thing. Like he's not sitting there waiting for something to happen. I think he's probably trying to sit there and make whatever decision he feels like is right. And I've said a million times, I think Green Bay gives him the best chance to win a Super Bowl, and I think it would be all back. How big, knowing what goes on inside a locker room and knowing how good that team was, how big of a, a misstep was it to let that one get away? Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, that's it was, had me nervous leading up to that game, too. Like the bye week, number one seed, all of this stuff. And everyone's like, oh, guys are getting healthy. Everything looks perfect. Whenever, whenever anything looks perfect, that scares me from an right. outsider. I wasn't, if I was on the team, yeah, it'd be cool. But as an outsider, it has no control over anything. That scares me when everyone's thinking, okay, we have all these studs coming back. They're going to be healthy, whatever. But your team's been playing great. And I just feel like when too many things seem to be lining up, sometimes, I don't know, things just don't work out. And right. I, my only experience is going back to our Super Bowl we won. Like, we had to squeak our way into the playoffs, right. win three road games, and then go there. Like, now, obviously, you it would be nice. You want to win and get a number one seed and all that, but there's different ways to go about it. I just know being a part of that team, that was cool. Like We didn't, we never had a second to think of, oh, are we going to rest guys in the last game, or what are we going to do here? Oh, we're going to bye week. What do you, you do? Like, no, we got to find it. We got to scratch and find a way in, and then it was like, cool, we got a chance. Let's go do it. You know what's weird is that when you had 15 good guys on the IR yeah. that season. Yeah, it's crazy that they, year. They weren't coming back. Yeah. This year. The last couple of years with COVID, they can bring these guys back for the IR. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now you're going into the game against the 49ers. You're like, oh, my God, Josh Nyman. I mean, he's done a good job the last seven or eight weeks. But, gosh, I've got the best left tackle yep. in yeah. the league trying to get some snaps. In, and it creates those decisions. And I thought that might have even created more confusion for them as they were making it their can. final decisions. Yeah, like guys coming in, okay, if you've been out for – 14 weeks and then yeah. you gotta you have to work your way back into the lineup also like i guess the 49ers new guy new studs come in like rasul douglas and what's the continuity like like how does the communication work is there like i'm not saying you're always going to be a better team when you add your best players come back into the lineup but it may take a little bit of time i feel like to, to get back into it get, even get into game shape your legs even just working with everybody so i i get nervous just i mean you know, anything you can't control, you get nervous over. It's like watching your kids play. Would you, in, what you, in, in 2010, you had to go to Philadelphia and face this incredible mobile quarterback <laughs> in Michael Vick in the wild card game. So what's going through Von Miller's mind when he's watching that tape of Joe Burrow and that high-stepping? He looked just like he just looked just like Aaron when he's doing those drills out there in the practice field, jumping over the pads, you know? Perfect technique. What's going through Von Miller's mind? He's got to think about, is the ball going to Akers? Is this kid going to, or, or uh, to Mixon? Is this kid going to come out in the flats? What's going through the mind that you had as a linebacker trying to contain a mobile quarterback that? It's hard. Especially like 
when you're talking playing Mike Vick, like he's a different level. Like not only his arm talent was crazy, but how he could move and so like Barry Sanders, like quickness and it, it it's it creates huge issues, I think. But I mean that's the whole thing. Everyone's probably talking about this game akin the Rams D line get the pressure on Joe Burrow like other teams have been able to do, but Joe just finds a way to avoid as much as he can and not not get banged up too bad and make plays down the field. But yeah, with they I'm sure they have a great plan when you're playing anyone that's mobile, especially like when they have that savvy, they can move in the pocket like Joe can. He just feels pressure. Like it's all like it goes back to your old school like fundamentals. All right, your rush lanes don't create inverted rush lanes where this guy's running three yards. This DN's three yards past the quarterback. This guy's way he's low. He spins inside underneath, uh-huh. and we has a huge area to escape. Even though if we knew if we would have just hemmed him in, we have Aaron Donald coming up the middle. Who's you have to get anticipate him. those gaps. Absolutely, and you just and sometimes it's hard because you have to be patient to where all right, don't ever get above the quarter. Don't ever rush above the quarterback or past the quarterback. It's you gotta you gotta have some discipline because it's tough. Guys like Vaughn and, and Aaron Donald, can, they're complete game records. I mean, last time Vaughn was in the Super Bowl, he just absolutely dominated. Damn, man. Give me your – and I know you got to get running here, but give me your assessment of uh, Devondre Campbell and what he did awesome. this year. He's yeah. he's so good. I was I was in Atlanta for four weeks. But my, I guess it was – they were. I had a great time there, for real. I didn't. I wasn't expecting to go anywhere. I went to Atlanta four weeks, got a season out of it, basically. Dan Quinn's the head coach, Kyle Shanahan. That's, the staff was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Albrecht's the D coordinator with the Jets. Now I, I still keep in contact with all of them. And I, it was a short time. I loved it. Devondre was a rookie that year. And I remember he and then uh, Deion Jones were the linebackers. The only reason they brought me in, they, those guys had gotten hurt in the game. And then they got healthy after the first week I was there. And they were cool to keep me around for another three or four. Yeah. But I got to sit in the meeting room with them and see how they thought and just watched how athletic. And they were, they were cra- it blew my mind, like how athletic and how smart those guys were and Devondre was such a giant dude like he's such a presence on the defense I I don't know where they're at with bringing him back they absolutely want him back I'm sure and they absolutely should bring him back but he he's super athletic he's super long so he can cover everybody he's very physical in the run game like I I know people started to kind of get it he's gained a little bit of attention as the year went and he's all pro everything he's doing was awesome, but I think he's even better than what people think he is. Like, he brings so much to the team, quiet leader, but a leader and a guy. I, I asked Aaron about him a bunch throughout the year. I'm like, what's DeMondre like? He's like, quiet guy, love him, awesome, great leader, great player. And, like, I think he's going to be good for, for plenty yeah. of time now, yeah. for many years to come. You got your boys in the in this game? Are you with Joe Burrow and the, the Ohio guy? I hope or? so. Yeah, I mean, I, man, I was just watching the Bengals, like, get to the Super Bowl. I was with – we were with a group of people – and seeing, like, people were, like, emotional. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. The Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I got so many texts early in that game when they were down from all kinds of people. Oh, you know, it was a good year, though, for these guys. Right. We just ran into a juggernaut here with the Chiefs. And then I'm like, ah, you better watch, keep watching because they can, they can find a way. So seeing how much it means to everybody, yeah, I grew up a Bengals fan, like, 40 yeah, minutes away from there. So And you got to finish cool. there. Yeah, I got to play in Cincy for a right? year. I loved my yeah. this year I had. I really did. It was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pulling for him, but I also like a lot of the guys in the Rams team right. too. I love their coaching staff. So it's like yeah, one of those. I absolutely want the Bengals to win, but I'm not going to. Your be head upset. says L.A. Your heart says yeah, Cincinnati. but I've like I'm like everybody else though. I can't count Joe Burrow out. Like right. I, I, I just can't. He whatever it is, that dude is he is great. And did he win state? Uh, Was that the year that Elder won state, or did he win state? I don't state? know. Did he? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I can't I should know that. that. Yeah. But, like, Hendrick, I'm seeing this this poster up behind you. Hendrickson, what a huge free agent sign. Yeah. He was, their defense is awesome. Like, the Bengals, I've said before, they're not overachievers. Like, they have really good players. They really do. And people, hopefully, 
are respecting them for that. And they just got to get an offensive they line. They got to win it. Down. I know. They yeah. hopefully Joe can stay, stay upright. They don't get, get beat up too bad. But man, the D line, that front seven for the Rams, they're scary. Yeah. Yeah, AJ, really they, they make an announcement in the press box. No cheering in the press box. Yeah. But the day you're playing Favre, the second year he comes in, yeah. and you're at Lambeau, and you pick him off, yeah, <laughs> and return about twenty yards, you know. And I think I was on your march to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I couldn't help by saying, "Yes." Oh, good, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Me. I was glad to have it too. I think Brad Jones hit hit Favre as he was releasing the ball, but yeah, throw a little bit behind him. The balls up, set there. me up perfectly. I was like, oh, "Glad I caught this sweet, one." I got Brett man. to sign that ball too. Did you? Eventually, I think I, yeah. I gave it to Red Batty, and Red eventually yeah. we got, got it signed for me. So I was I was very excited. That's got to be one, one of your... the few balls that that's one of the few things I care about. Like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's make one sure of your we favorite hit. moments, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, because I got to play with Brett for two years. He was awesome teammate. Like people always asked about him. Oh, what was he like? Oh, I heard he had his own locker room. I'm like no, Brett no, practice no. every single day, yeah. no matter what. Like, and if you picked him off in practice, he was pissed. He wanted to chase you down and tackle yeah. you. And I, that's what I saw from him. <laughs> like this dude doesn't need to practice once, and he'd be fine. Like I, and none of us would say a word but he was out there competing every single day and i i love that and respect that about him yeah great stuff uh real quick where does the mcafee show go now i mean how much great bigger question. can this thing get i don't know honestly i don't know what we're the movie continue to, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Hollywood, man. Come yeah, on. we'll see we'll continue to to do what we're doing now but yeah i don't i mean pat i was always working because you guys started it how did it become then the pat mcafee show well, he had the Pat Mac. I, I used to join his podcast, okay. Pat McAfee okay. Show. And then when we did this COVID thing, it was a set. He was on CBS Radio at, when I yeah. started doing yeah. McAfee and Hawks. So he would do his radio show, and I would come on. He would be on like 12 to 2. I would come on at 2, and it would just be McAfee and Hawk on YouTube for an hour, two okay. hours. And then he went to Sirius. And so I said, all right, well, come on. You have a show 12 to 3. I'll just come on two to three and then three to whatever on YouTube. Yeah. And so then I started coming on at one. So I always, I'm not going to do the whole thing. So I, shows 12 to three. I come on at one every day. Okay. That's it. I keep thinking it's like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. And Don Knotts. <laughs> I keep waiting for Pat McAfee <laughs> and AJ Hawk. Oh, no. I don't, I believe it. I don't need, I like, I don't need any, I don't need my name involved. I just like being a part of it, honestly. It's fun. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's by far, I've told him, told other people, it's by far the, the most fun I can have doing anything. It's great to see the Buckeye. I always yeah. love seeing you, man. Always great Appreciate to talk it. to you. Okay. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. I'd see you here or not. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been Thank a while you. since I've been here. I know. Radio Row. Well, now we're going to have to make it a yearly reunion. Yeah, Damn sure. straight. Maybe we uh, next time you come over, you bring Pat with you. All right. We'll, we'll yeah, have a lot of fun. He's tough, he's tough to nail down. I, yeah. He's my ride back, so we'll see where <laughs> Hopefully he didn't leave me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> AJ Hawk uh, joining us here at the table. He's always a great guy to talk to. He is. He was great. He was great as a player. You know, explained the game. Very patient. Yeah. You know, with the media and a lot of dumb questions at times. And I think an underrated player in the in the eyes of Packer fans. Ended up being the franchise leader for tackles in his career. Yeah. You know, and and a first round pick, of course. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We are woefully late. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Zach Hopper. We got to talk about this Badgers win from yesterday, last night, man. Fantastic stuff. Zach's going to join us after the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show live in L.A. Coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. We are live. We're in LA. At the convention center. 
We're uh, better known as Radio Row, and this is the NFL Media Center, and uh, it's starting to get more and more active uh, as the day goes on. you got to remember out here, uh, right now out here it is 929 local time. So we get into the, because uh, uh, Mark just sent us an email, said, uh, how is it to work out there with a weird time adjustment? We get up, uh, like last night, it, it was, last today's dragon, I'll be honest, because last night we got back late. We got back uh, about 1 a.m., between midnight and 1 a.m., uh, our time here, which is late your time back in uh, Wisconsin, a couple of hours uh, you know, beyond. So you get back here at 1, it's 3 at home, and then you got to turn around and get up. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It's early either way. So it, I digress, but it's a little different, you know, because really, um, other than the traffic, which is constant and very difficult to get around, it is. Uh, it's interesting in the sense that uh, you know nothing in this place really started buzzing until afternoon, when we, um, you know, are kind of shutting our stuff down. So once we start to get out of here, it really starts to pick up with more and more and more people doing afternoon shows, uh, because the morning shows. When you do a morning show here, there's nobody here. It's, it's very, very vacant. you got maybe four, five tables of people that are actually doing radio shows and not much else. Once we get here and get on the air, it starts to pick up a little bit, and then by the time the afternoon gets here, it's really rolling. There's people everywhere. There's entourages of people everywhere. Um, you name it. We saw yesterday celebrities, uh, uh, you know, like uh, t- television, uh, television and movie stars, and then you see, you know, the disabled vets that played the football last night which was fantastic, by the way. They always have a, a great turnout. But uh, they, they were walking around, and the therapy dogs are walking around, and they're very big into the veterans' causes and such with the NFL and outreach programs and such. And so all the representatives and ambassadors for those programs are running around. So it's just it's, it's packed. for It's a who's who of stuff. You can pretty much we, – we got a, a request today for the former Surgeon General of the United States to come on the program. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's anybody and everybody who has something to something to sell, pimp, promote, whatever. They're all here at the world's biggest uh, media party. So there you go. Uh, let's do this. So uh, we're digressing. I want to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, Badgers got a nice win last night. We're going to talk more about it. Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN in Madison. Got to get Zach on to talk about what he thinks of this team now. They lose the one. They lose that game to Illinois. Didn't look good. Didn't shoot the ball well. Come back. Squeak by Penn State and then last night and put an emphatic stamp over on uh, Michigan State in their house. So we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. We are broadcasting live out here in L.A. It is Radio Row. It is Super Bowl week. We are brought to you by our friends at the Social House. Dan Dell and the whole crew, they're expanding right there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And when this thing opens up, uh, reopens up in the uh, summertime, it's going to be beautiful. It's still open. Don't get me wrong. You still go in and get food, get great drinks. But they're expanding, getting bigger and better. Also, got to say hi to our friend Lyle and the whole gang, staff and management, everybody out there at JNL Tire Service in uh, Johnson Creek. Stop out. Tell them we said hi. It's just north of 94. Whether you're an over-the-road driver, soccer mom looking for an oil change, new tires, brakes, whatever it happens to be, he can take care of it on a major scale, on a smaller scale. And don't forget, support a business that supports the community. That's what they do. That's jandltire.com. jandltire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show live here in L.A. right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good old life, my head 
Center. It is Super Bowl 56. We are on Radio Row, and we are glad you're with us. And uh, thanks for taking a listen to us. A lot of people over on the Bud Light live stream as well. I want to acknowledge all of you. And uh, in addition to that, uh, and by the way, Dwayne, our buddy from Dwayne's Cover It All, listening to the program up in Wausau. And if you were looking for somebody to do boat covering, upholstery, whatever it happens to be, I mean, my buddy Dwayne, he gets it done and uh, does it better than anybody. Wisconsin's best canvas boat cover provider, whatever it happens to be, stop in and see him. And all you got to do is go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S. Dwayne's CoverItAll.com. Call him 715-870-2119. Thanks to everybody for watching on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, Big win last night for the Badgers. Zach Heilprin, sports director for WOZN in Madison, now joining us uh, on the hotline. Uh, Zach, how big of a win was that last night in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. You think about the last time they won at that arena with fans in the stands, which obviously certainly makes a difference. They beat them on Christmas last year, but last time they did with fans in the stands was 2004. So it has been quite some time, and Michigan State coming off an ugly, ugly loss to Rutgers. I was expecting them to come out play with their hair on fire. They didn't. Wisconsin matched that intensity and, and was actually uh, much more locked in. I, it's, I think we talked last week, Bill, and, and I said two and one would be a, a great week, and they're two and one after the, this week where they lose to Illinois, then beat Penn State, beat Michigan State. It's huge, and it's huge for their Big Ten hopes as they're now on a tie for you know the lead in the Big Ten. You, you, we saw yesterday where, again, they start out slow, shooting is not great. All of a sudden, Davis, Davison, they start to heat up. Chucky Hepburn, good dribble drive, dish, penetration. Next thing you know, they get a bucket. Things begin to matriculate. It seemed like they all of a sudden hit their rhythm again last night. From what we saw prior to the Illinois game, they started to hit their rhythm again last night. They did, and uh, certainly Johnny plays a role, and it's not just his scoring. Now, he was back to being the player of the year type of uh, Johnny Davis last night, getting 25 points on 11 shots. That's fantastic. But he was also facilitating. We, we saw a, a number of great passes that led to baskets or led to potential baskets, uh, open shots. And that's something that, you know, not necessarily he was doing before because uh, teams have focused so much attention on him, and he's been kind of forcing it at times. And he admitted that after the Penn State game. He needed a change. And he felt like a little. There, there was a slight change last night. Took what was there, but he also uh, then was more than willing to get the ball out to to Chucky or to Tyler Wall or to Stephen Crowell. Um, even Brad Davison obviously hit a couple of threes there in the second half. Big, big couple of threes in the second half. So that it, it still revolves around Johnny and them being a great offense. He needs to play at a high level shooting the ball, but his ability to facilitate is is just uh, another huge part of that offense. I thought last night, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but I thought last night, even though some shots fell, I thought their defense stepped up, specifically beyond the perimeter, which gave them a couple of opportunities to get some boards, put things in transition, and also score that way. It seemed like at times they were almost scoring off of their defense because they were locking it down. They have turned in two really, really good defensive performances back-to-back here. And you think back to the Illinois game and what Kofi Kofi did to them, not their best day, but against Penn State and against Michigan State, they uh, were locked in. And I think Tyler Wall certainly has a big role. We, the first game against Michigan State, they had no answer for Malik Hall. And, uh, you know, he, he still got his limit in it, uh, last night. He had 12 points. But for the most part, Tyler Wall being back in there helped them in the rebounding and transition defense. You think about back to uh, the first game, Michigan State had 21 fast break points. Last night they had eight. 
the first first game out rebounded Wisconsin by a ton. Last night it was by one. Those that to me was the biggest biggest differences. But it is it's the locking in on defense, making them take tough shots and rebounding the ball and giving your chance. And then you know they slowed it down a little bit on the offensive side, so they didn't allow Michigan State to get into transition. But yeah, I mean their defense the last two games has been really really good, and they have not been a great 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 like Wisconsin level type defense much of the year, but they have been these last two games. One of the things Ben mentioned, and, and I thought about this after he had stated it, but coming out of timeouts and the fact that they had set plays and what guard had, had kind of arranged for them, so to speak, it seems is this. I, we we kind of fall victim to the moment, and, and you're the prisoner in that area. But is this one of the better coaching jobs we've seen out of Greg Garden thus oh, far? Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's it's right up there with his first year, where they you know uh, started one and four in Big Ten play, and then ran it off. Um, I think it was like they won like the nine of their last eleven games that year to get in the tournament and to get him the job. Like this is up there with that performance. You talk about the out-of-bounds plays. It's kind of funny. I, I remember with Bo Ryan, people were furious because they never ran out-of-bounds plays. Like, it was just get the ball in, well, let's run our offense. Uh, great guard, that's not him. He's a, He's got the whiteboard out. He's drawing stuff up. And, uh, you know, what Greg has done this year, especially after last offseason with tape and, you know, the whole situation with the locker and, you know, losing that many seniors and uh, not really knowing what you were going to have outside of you know, Brad Davison and Johnny Davis and to an extent Tyler Wall and for them to come out and be playing the way they are, ten and three, uh is is remarkable. And they, there's still seven games to go here, but you look at the talent that's on the other two teams that are tied right now, I think Wisconsin talent wise probably would be easily third on that on that list between Purdue and Illinois. And for them to be where they are right now is just a, a real testament to the team. But also Greg Gard and his assistant coaches putting them in the right place to be as successful as they've been. I'm talking with Zach Heilprin, sports director WOZN out in Madison covering the Badgers. So you mentioned seven games to go, 19 wins on the season. Realistic expectation by the time this thing, the regular season comes to an end, are we talking 25-win season, 24-win <laughs> season for the Badgers? Because we would have never thought that at the beginning of the season. Oh, no, I mean, they've already surpassed what they did last year. Um and that was, you know, the team that was coming back off of uh, the Big Ten title. And, you know, obviously they've got their NCAA tournament uh, wiped out. But, gosh, uh, they have some tough games left. Now, they only have one game against a ranked opponent left. But they have to play at Indiana. And Indiana's, you know, fighting for their – not necessarily fighting for their NCAA tournament lives. But, you know, they, they it would be a huge win. And, he, and I'm sure they've got some revenge that they want back. So that's going to be a tough one. You get Michigan and Hunter Dickinson. That's going to be a tough one. At least that one's at home. You go to Rutgers, where Rutgers has already beaten Purdue and Michigan State, and then you get Purdue at home as well. Um, I think, I think five and two is possible. So you'd be looking at um, what twenty four and yeah twenty four and six twenty four yeah. and six uh, going into the Big Ten tournament. I think I, I could I could see I could see them going six and one or uh, unlikely seven and zero, oh, but. Five and two, I think maybe the most realistic number, and twenty-four and six—that's pretty darn good, considering what they were coming in. Yeah, and I don't want to dwell on this, but you mentioned all the stuff that went on last year, off-season and such. For Greg, are we now looking at a Greg completely 
Greg Gard team, everybody else's fingerprints are off of this thing, that this is his, this is kind of the way he wants it done, and he's taken a team that nobody really had of a lot of expectation for and molded it into this. Is this, is this kind of the, the Greg Gard philosophy, that, that tunnel vision of just Greg Gard, it's right here, it's right now, and you don't see anybody else kind of intermingling in this right now? Yeah, you know, the thing about that, like it was almost the exact same team the year before in 2020 when they went and won title. I feel like, and you you mentioned before, we kind of can't get lost in the moment and uh, focus only on the present. And um, my, my my feeling on this is if they had won games, we, we probably wouldn't be feeling that same way about last year's team, right? Like it, it fell apart, but it was the same team that had come together and won so many games, uh, won eight straight games at the end of the year to win. Uh, they were only missing like one guy. Uh, off that team and so i don't know i last year's uh a lot went into that with covid year and and all the playing not in front of fans and all there was it was just a different year it was it was a tough thing but what they i I do think i do think that he has changed uh some of the ways that he approaches uh building his team and the way that he interacts with his team i think that was certainly a message that i think he got and the players have said as much and it, it, it seems like they're having more fun obviously winning helps that but he has approached this differently than, than in years past. There's, I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Zach, good stuff, buddy. I appreciate it. And, by the way, thanks for all your help for down here in L.A., too. I know you coordinated a lot of things back there in Madison, but everything worked out perfectly and flawlessly, and it's been uh, a lot of fun, and hopefully it sounds great. But thanks for all the work that you did. All right, Bill. Appreciate it, and you guys have a good time out there. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN, out in Madison, joining us for a couple of minutes, giving us the lowdown. Big win last night for the Wisconsin Badgers. Big win. I mean, between the Badgers and the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks, they dismantled the Lakers. That last night, now granted, we've seen them beat the Lakers before. Don't get me wrong. But last night out here, it was really interesting in the sense that there's so many people in town, so many people went over to the game last night, so many media people were at the game last night. There were people from all over the world at the game last night because they're in town for the Super Bowl. That was the big matchup. Giannis, LeBron, the whole thing. And everybody walked away going, damn, the Bucks are really good. Uh, don't get me wrong. They're also looking at the Lakers as they're old, their time has passed, and uh, they're they're not what they thought they were going to be by any stretch of the imagination. And Russell Westbrook is angry at everybody. There's nothing new there. But what we saw last night was an official media-wise passing of the torch, and that was really, really cool as uh, the Bucks go on to victory last night and just an absolute beatdown. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We got coming up the rest of the day, think of this, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, running back, former running back in the NFL, won some championships with uh, the Patriots, obviously. Has had he started out with Tennessee, moved on to Tampa Bay, you know, went through numerous teams. Uh, he doesn't come without controversy, but uh, he had a hell of a career, specifically when he went off to the Patriots. And we're going to talk with him, Aaron Taylor, who also won championships or won a championship with the Green Bay Packers, went off to the uh, San Diego Chargers uh, back then. Also, Ed McCaffrey, former Denver Bronco, going to be joining us. We should at some point hear. Um, uh, we also should hear from uh, James Jones. Hopefully James gives us a shout and comes by, and then also Scott Farrell from Farrell on the Bench. I know we're late. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to have more of this coming back next after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Rams and the Bengals spoke to reporters here at Super Bowl 56. After 12 years in Detroit, quarterback Matthew Stafford has finally made it to the Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams. Is there anticipation? Is there excitement? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's what you dream of doing when you're a kid. Out in the backyard playing catch with your dad is, is uh, you know, going out there and getting a chance to play. Uh, in Super Bowl, so um, excited about that. The Rams were in the Super Bowl just three years ago, but lost to the Patriots 13-3. to Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. We got a bunch of guys that have been here before um, that, that know what it's like to be at this point, and um, we're going to do everything we can to win, so um, it's no pressure at all when you got a bunch of um, dogs in the back that's ready to eat. The Bengals lost to the Packers in overtime week five. Cincinnati's rookie place kicker Evan McPherson says he learned a lesson not to celebrate too early after his 49-yard attempt bounced off the left upright. Being able to bounce back from it, you know, just leaning on my teammates, my family, um, my faith in, in that moment and just knowing that, you know, that's just one kick. It doesn't define me that, you know, the next one is the only one that matters. And the Bill Michaels Show is here broadcasting live all week from the NFL Super Bowl headquarters in Los Angeles. Former Packer A.J. Hawk was on the show saying he's been in contact with Aaron Rodgers. Are you just waiting for the phone to ring to say, okay, I'm ready to come back? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, he's, I was texting him earlier because he's out here. I don't know if I'll see him or not when he's out here. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I've said before. Because everybody around here yesterday was holding their breath thinking that he might show up today. Oh, really? To make an announcement. Oh, no, um. I guess we never even we never even thought of that having him come out here. That's former Packers linebacker AJ Hawk in Los Angeles. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. I know over on the Bud Light live stream, you can only you know, we, we turned it off for a second. I had to make a couple of adjustments, getting ready for some uh, guests that are going to be joining us. Like Garrett Blunt's going to be coming over, Aaron Taylor's going to be coming over, former uh, Denver Bronco Ed McCaffrey's going to be here, James Jones, Scott Farrell. We got all kinds of stuff coming up. Mike Clemens here, got a couple of uh, about a minute or two before the the top of the hour. I got to hop on the media bus. I got to go to Goodell's press conference. Roger Goodell waiting for you. Yeah, the the commissioner here, and I imagine the first question is going to be a. What about this little Brian Flores and right? Miami Dolphin and getting offered to pay $100,000 if he'd lose to a throw game, a game yeah. so he could get Joe Burrow down there in uh, Miami Beach? So uh, that should be uh, a lively chat today. Yep, that should uh, that should be interesting. So uh, I'm sure the commissioner's going to sweat, going to squirm a little bit. I hope they drill his ass. I'll be honest. I hope they drill his ass. You, there's so much crap going on in the NFL that's starting to that that band-aid's being peeled back a little bit. The yeah. curtains being opened up behind the wizard. He always says hi to you. I don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> he loves me like a third cousin. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know why. Hello, Bill. You know, do you know his wife is from Milwaukee? Yeah. Jane Skinner was yeah. an anchor woman at the Fox Six station in uh, really? in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah? Well, there yeah, you go. And she got a job at, at uh, Fox News in New York, and then that's how they met. But, yeah, so okay. I remember Jane from back in the day. So, uh, Really? Uh, yeah, but oh. uh, I never get no invited. No good stories. You're just saying you remember. Uh, yeah, and I, I never get invited to the summer parties up there. In the gotcha. Weekend, so, gotcha, yeah, okay. That's all, that's all I can say. Well, there you go. But, anyway, i, I got to go hustle with that. So, so you're heading off to, to see Roger. Well, tell him I said hi. I will. Maybe and, I'll get called on this time. Yeah. I've been why, called why on in the past. Why don't you do this? Say, Roger, with everything that's going on in the world and COVID and such and businesses really struggling, what are you making now? <laughs> what are you making now? It's, it's like 50, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like 46 million a year is yeah. what he gets paid. Right. It's sure. like 1.25 or something from every team. But he gets the cool parking spot, too. So. Yeah, yeah. He, well, yeah. you know what? 
we got the cool parking spot, too. Now, I didn't get shuttled up to the front like he did, but uh, I'm parked next to the commissioner's view. I scratched the hell out of that thing, too. I'll work on that. Yeah, I did that. And I'll try to get more food in the immediate commentary for you. <laughs> yes, Mike has been the uh, scavenger dog. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We've got two hours down, two hours yet to go. We are live here at Radio Row inside the L.A. Convention Center. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.